so glad you've taken time out of your day to join us here on the Clark Howard Show, where it's all about you learning ways to keep more of what you make. Clark.com is our main website, and you can follow me at Facebook.com slash Clark Howard. Coming up in just a few minutes, you're applying for a job. They ask for your social security number. When should you give it? When should you not? And later, Amazon is doing really well. But when you buy from Amazon, are you helping or hurting your wallet? I have some new information for you that will help you decide, should you really one-click to purchase or not? So I get asked constantly about how to find a financial planner. I'd say it's one of the top five things that I'm asked about when I'm out and about. And it's funny because when I started on the air 31 years ago, I never, ever got any questions about investments, retirement accounts, anything like that. And, you know, I'm not an investment professional, but I've been a very active investor from being a teenager forward. And... My father actually, when I was in elementary school, taught me how to read what were then called stock tables, pre-internet, and taught me so much about investing because he had worked on the floor of the New York Stock Exchange at an earlier time in his life and was an investment professional. So I get these questions, and I have to be careful how I answer a question when somebody calls in and ask me about investing, but there's certain basic principles that are so core and key. And often we are busy or we don't find it interesting or we're intimidated by the whole process of investing or saving for retirement or whatever it is. And you want to go somewhere for advice and you just don't know who to trust and where to go especially if you don't have a lot of money, where do you go? Today, the answer to that has gotten so unbelievably easy because now there are low-cost advisory services available with so many different players. Charles Schwab has a streamlined procedure that's free for what are known as intelligent portfolios that are very low-cost investments that based on what you're trying to accomplish, they help you figure out which one of those you should go into, and they don't even charge for that. Vanguard, the, the monstrously large investment house that's owned by its account holders, has a service available for people who have accumulated assets that costs 0.3 of a percent per year for Vanguard to actively manage your money for you. But that's for people who've already accumulated a lot of money. So what if you are just starting out? Well, Betterment and Wealthfront offer what are known as robo-advisories that are extremely cheap. 
usually about one quarter of 1% per year of the money you're putting in. And they help you build a portfolio based on your goals, objectives, age, level of risk you're willing to take. And they've done very well for people. Acorns is available for you when you have only spare change to invest. And they charge you a sum total of $12 a year to invest for you. Isn't that crazy? A dollar a month. And they put you into really ultra-low-cost investments. If you want somebody who's actually there for you with your investments, there is a group called XY Planning Network. And what they do is you pay a monthly fee, not based on what you have, you just pay a monthly fee, and they handle investing your money for you. They, gu- they guide you, whatever. So the whole idea of XY is geared towards Generation X, Generation Y, that look at wanting to work with somebody completely differently towards people that are older. And so the recurring fee model is something that Generations X and Y are very used to. But let's say you just want a checkup. Very affordable. Tire someone from Garrett Planning Network. And Garrett Planning, you pay a fee to somebody who is working just for you. And they do a checkup for you. How you're doing. What suggestions they have for you with the money that you are investing or want to invest. Scott is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Scott. Hey, Clark. How are you doing today? Great. Thank you, Scott. How can I be of service to you? Well, I, uh, I've also heard you comment that the best, way, the best way to get a deal on exercise equipment is to buy used from a gym. And I would like to know where I should do that. I'm not a member of a gym. Um, I've gone on to like eBay, but that's a little, you're not really sure what you're getting and, and the shipping cost is, is quite high. So I was looking for your advice there. So great question. And what I have recommended in the past is that you, are you a member of a gym right now? No, I'm not. Because the way I found the source originally was I asked the gym where I go, which is a YMCA, I said, what do you do with the equipment when you change it out? And so this is so low tech. Sounds like it would have worked in 1970. I just asked the question. And they said, we we sell our equipment to this reconditioner. And they gave me the information and I contacted them and I bought a used pre-core elliptical that had been reconditioned. And then I bought a used uh, Stairmaster. And so the great thing when you get gym quality equipment, even if it's used, is it's such heavy-duty stuff that as long as it's been even marginally reconditioned, it should be able to work for you for years. I have uh, the pre-core that I bought from the jobber that I had heard about at the Y was uh, was one I bought, let me think, about 12, 14 years ago. I've never had a service visit on it. 
it still works perfectly and i'm on it uh six days out of seven if not seven out of seven every week wow fantastic now the other idea that i've heard in the past and it depends where you live this is going to work and you have to have this specific brand of gym equipment you're interested in is you go on craigslist and see if somebody's selling the particular style or brand you're interested in. Okay. And, like, I'm looking right now, since I have this this fixation on the pre-core elliptical, and there's one after another for sale that look like they're uh, gym quality or what they call hotel quality, which is a, not quite as good. And here's one that's, um, oh, this is a gym machine, refurbished with warranty, and I'm seeing a bunch of them here on Craigslist. Ah, okay. I haven't checked Craigslist. Not, yeah, that way you could actually go see it before you, before you buy it. That would be smart. Completely. And uh, stay away from the gym equipment. And my, this is my bias. Stay away from gym equipment that's being sold at a sporting goods store or at one of the warehouse clubs or whatever. I just don't think the quality of that stuff is good enough because if you're somebody who's really into fitness, in order to stick to it and use it, you're going to want gym quality equipment. And the great thing about it is that before you know it, it becomes a laundry rack in your life. You know, you're not using it, so you're piling laundry on it. Yeah. Then, because you bought it used, you're not going to get hit with the massive depreciation turning around and selling it again if it doesn't work for you, if you're not using it. So it helps right, you at the well, front end, helps you working out, and helps you if you don't work out to get rid of the thing again. Yeah, exactly. All right, well, that helps, Clark. I'll try both of those. I'll try and uh, hit up the local gym and then try Craigslist. Perfect. And uh, hope you enjoy working out in the 24-7, 365 gym. It's a real problem. I have no excuse any day of the year to not work out. Luke is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Luke. Yeah, hi, Clark. How are you doing today? Great, thank you, Luke. You have a dilemma to pose for me. I do. So I'll, I'll start out by saying that I'm uh, 27 years old, um, and for my initial investment uh, strategy, what I was doing is putting as much of my paycheck into my 401k as I could. Um, and initially, I was a little bit uh, um, uneducated, um, so I was just putting it in a typical 401k to get my employer match, and they also have profit sharing. So the majority of my funds that I have currently are tied up in 401k through uh, a major commission-based company that uh, you don't speak too highly highly of. Um, so my prediction. Oh come is on! That Go ahead and tell me you, you you did that preamble. Who is it? Uh, it's Morgan Stanley. Okay, do you know, because Morgan Stanley is an ultra-high commission, full-commission stock brokerage, are they clobbering you on expenses in that 401k? Oh, they're destroying me, honestly. Okay. All right. Um, so that kind of leads me into another question. <laughs> I'll start out with my first one, and if we have enough time, I can hit you with the second one. Okay. Um, the, uh, the initial question was... Uh, so me and my wife are currently looking for a house, and since all of my funds are tied up in my 401k stocks, 
Um, what are your views on taking a loan against that 401k to, for a down payment on a house? Well, I mean, that's a legitimate reason and purpose to borrow from a 401k. But let me go back a step because of where we started. I would say only contribute to that 401k up to the match since it's a full commission stock brokerage operated 401k. Yeah. And then the additional money you want to save, do in a Roth IRA. Right. Of your own with a low-cost company. Um, As far as for buying the house, rather than doing a loan from the 401k, right now go ahead and reduce the amount you're contributing to the 401k only to the match anyway. Okay. Don't bother with the Roth and save money for your down payment that would have gone into the Roth IRA or that you have to this point been contributing to your 401k because it gets really messy doing the 401k loan because if you decide to change jobs or if they decide they don't want you anymore then it's a serious issue for you because you then have to pay that money back immediately or it triggers Uh, the severe penalties that you get hit with on a premature withdrawal from a 401k. Gotcha. So as much as you can maybe reduce what you're saving for retirement right now, but make sure you pick up the employer match, then you're going to start stashing cash in a regular online savings account to use for the home purchase. Perfect. And if you need beyond that and you need to borrow a little from the 401k, it's okay, but just remember, don't change jobs then. <laughs> Today's Clark Rageous moment is a special warning for you, something that has annoyed me no end over the last 10 years, and that is, for some lame reason, employers have decided when you're doing an online application that they want your social security number at that first pass at that first application. It's dumb on the employer's part. They're opening themselves up to liability. And it's dangerous for you to give that information. That's why it's today's Clark Rage. Scams, ripoffs, outrages. It's a Clark Rageous moment. So you don't even know you're giving your social security number to a legitimate site the legitimate company, even if they have the name of a legitimate company, it could be a scamster just trying to do identity theft. So my recommendation is that you don't give the social security number. If the potential employer, you're really interested in maybe having a job with them, they won't even process you into their system without giving your social security number. I saw a great suggestion from the personal finance writer, at the Cleveland Plain Dealer, and that is put in the first five of your social security number as the actual numbers, but put the last four as all zeros. And I thought that was a wise suggestion. But what is unwise and what is absolutely courageous in an era of so much identity theft, why would an employer be so cavalier about this when they've got plenty of time later in the employment process, like when you go in person or whatever, to have you fill out 
uh, an employment application that has a place for your social security number. But doing it online, way too risky for you. And then think about the risk for that employer if somebody gets into their database and they have these social security numbers and they're trying to justify later when they get sued, well, why did you need the social security numbers when people are first applying? There would be no good answer to that and employers would be opening themselves up for liability. What a dumb thing. Well, nobody ever said big companies were smart. It's great to have you here on the Clark Howard Show, where it's about your empowerment with knowledge so you can save more and spend less and don't let anyone ever rip you off. Clark.com is our main website, and Clark.com slash ask is where you go to ask me a question. And when you get to Clark.com slash ask, you just post it, but you also have the ability to ask a question of a member of our team. We've been doing that for more than 25 years. On the main page of Clark.com, scroll down a little. You'll see the phone number. You'll see the hours off-air advice is available. And this free service is really simple, 42 hours each week available. And I hope that you are able to get the advice and information, guidance that you need, whatever way works for you, we are here to serve you. Months ago... I told you about a survey that was written up in the Florida Sun Sentinel comparing the price of a market basket of goods shopping at Amazon and shopping at Costco Wholesale. Now, those two retailers are so often compared because the membership of Amazon Prime and the membership of Costco Wholesale both tend to be wealthier in each case, you're having to pay, in Costco's case, either 60 for a basic membership a year or 120 for the premium one. In Amazon, you pay better part of 100 bucks for the premium membership, the Amazon Prime. So who's going to save you more money? Survey says that shopping at Amazon is 56% more expensive than shopping at Costco when you take a market basket of goods. 56% more expensive. And not everything's about money. You know, Costco, you got to go park in that huge parking lot, walk in the huge building, tote everything in your cart, go pay for it, and you wait in a line, wait to have your receipt checked, go back, load your car have to unload the stuff at home and all that. Amazon, on the other hand, you click and the item shows up if you're a Prime member most of the time in two days. They're not equivalent things. But for the convenience of the click and purchase with Amazon, on average, you're paying a huge amount more because 56%, that's a massive amount additional for you to pay. Now the Sun Sentinel is followed up with a survey of products comparing Walmart to Amazon. And Walmart, this is for non-food items, is 34% cheaper. 34. Walmart.com 
obviously a major competitor for a lot of people with Amazon, but a lot of Amazon shoppers don't even think about Walmart, and that's a mistake. It's a battle I fight with my own teenage daughter who is really enamored with Amazon. And I keep telling her before she clicks to purchase to go check Walmart because, I mean, and look at that. On average, Walmart's 34% less. So your money, and it's not going to be true on every item. There are going to be some on Amazon that, because Amazon on a core of items that people buy a lot of, Amazon is price competitive with Costco and Walmart. But day in and day out on your overall market basket, Amazon can be beat and beaten handily. Sandy's with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Sandy. Hi, Clark. Sandy. Uh, I've got a... Yes. Uh, you go ahead. No, you go ahead. Because I was going to ask how you were doing and all that. and So we'll <laughs> skip all that. Okay. Uh, I've got a Google Chromebook that I'm using for financial website. And I was wondering if you recommend using Chrome as the browser. And if so, incognito or just regular? Wonderful question. So if you're using a Chromebook, you said just for financial sites? Yes. So what I have done with my Chromebook, and this is this suggestion came originally from someone who works in tech security, and I thought it was a brilliant idea, is that you normally use Gmail, I guess. Yes. And so on your Chromebook, you just signed in under your Gmail account, and the suggestion that came in was so clever was that you set up a separate Gmail account that you use for your financial only computer. And then uh, you're talking about the fact that if you go incognito mode, that would be a whole nother level of protection because nothing would be saved or kept when you would go to a financial site. Okay. Now, the advantage of the Chromebook for doing financial is that with the Chromebook, you are on a device that is not subject or vulnerable to normal viruses, and that's the great advantage. Yeah. How about uh, the search engine? Is the search engine Chrome or DuckDuckGo, which would be safer there? I wouldn't use either on the financial computer. I wouldn't search for anything on a financial computer. You don't want to okay. have any results presenting at all. On, a, on your non-financial computer, Chromebook mm-hmm. or whatever, the advantage of DuckDuckGo is that the results you get are not tainted by the way Google presents things. DuckDuckGo is just going to give you straight up the stuff you ask for. And there's a lot of concern about how the Google search does its thing, the results it presents. And DuckDuckGo is a completely, um, it's like Switzerland for search results. It'll give you what it actually thinks are the best results it could give you. How about the memorizing passwords? Should I have it do that? Well, you know, I, I would tell you that that it would be better not to allow memorization 
of usernames and passwords on the Chromebook that you're using for financial. Okay. You know, as far as the vulnerabilities, you know, we could drive ourselves crazy with all the things you could do or not do to protect yourself, but the steps you're talking about are pretty linear, pretty straightforward, and I think that you, every one of them you do, you add an additional step of protection for yourself when you're at uh, your bank, brokerage, mutual fund, site, uh, bill pay, any of those things. Okay. Thank you, Clark. Sure, Sandy. And I've noticed something. The bill pay service I use now has a new protocol where when I go to sign in to pay bills, it automatically rejects whatever password I put in even if it's the right one, one time. And it sends all kinds of stray characters into the mix to throw off the ability of someone to capture the information. So only on the second sign-in will it process my password for bill pay. I didn't realize at first. I thought at first, why is it doing this? And then I realized, ah, they're trying to block somebody from snooping and using the information. Karen is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Karen. Hi, Clark. How are you? Great. Thank you, Karen. You got a real estate question for me. Let's see if I can do a good job with that. I'm sure you can. I'm buying my first home in the United States, and I know you always recommend title owner's insurance. However, uh, the last few weeks, people have been calling in about having people steal um, equity out of their home. Um, by by um, the title, by, um, I don't know what you call it. but Yeah, equity stripping. Yeah. Okay, so what they do with equity stripping is they falsely file paperwork as the new owner of a property. They right. forge your signature and all the rest, and then once they've stripped the home from you, if and particularly they're looking for people who have no mortgage against a home, they then put themselves in as owner, and then do a cash-out refi on the property that they actually never owned. So these people, you are now suggesting that they just freeze their credit um, in order to avoid this from happening. So I'm wondering if I can forego paying the $1,600 owner's title insurance through my mortgage company. The purpose of the owner's title is different. Okay. So let me tell you the purpose of owner's title insurance. There can be situations, and these are very rare, which is why versus the cost of a home, the premium, as annoying as it is, is relatively minor versus the value of the home. What it does is if somebody ever said, hey, you know, uh, three sales ago, person who sold that home or sold the land or whatever didn't actually have the right to sell it. And so we're challenging ownership of the property. And this has happened in cases, especially in areas that were once rural, that may have been farmland or just rural unused land, that a city or metro area grows out and it becomes a suburban community, that someone will come along who's an heir or whatever, they will successfully challenge the sale of the land that may have happened years and years before. And then what happens is shocking 
everybody gets put out who was in those homes. Okay. And so the purpose of owner's title is that it protects your equity in the home. The mortgage company already makes you buy uh, lender's title, which covers their risk with the mortgage if their security and the property gets stripped by the courts because of a successful challenge to the title. But the advantage to you with owner's title is if somebody ever did allege that you didn't really own the property because of blah, 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 it provides for your legal defense for it. In addition to if you lost paying you your equity, it deals with the, the part of having to defend yourself to begin with. Thank you for clarifying, Clark. Sure. And Karen, the other thing I want to make clear about the equity stripping thing that's going on, it's a very, it's a nasty crime. It's a very rare one, but the best way to protect yourself typically is with credit freeze, although there is no perfect defense against a determined con artist, a determined criminal. So that's the best I have for you, but I don't have a perfect answer. Just know that it's almost in the category of news of the weird. It doesn't happen a lot. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Hey, listeners, whether you love true crime or comedies, celebrity interviews, news, or even motivational speakers, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue, right? And guess what? Now you can call the shots on your auto insurance, too. Enter the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. The Name Your Price tool puts you in charge of your auto insurance by working just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance. Then they'll show you a variety of coverages that fit within your budget, giving you options. Now, that's something you'll want to press play on. It's easy to start a quote, and you'll be able to choose the best option for you, fast. It's just one of the many ways you can save with Progressive Insurance. Quote today at Progressive.com to try the Name Your Price tool for yourself and join over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Danny is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Danny. Hi, Clark. How are you? Great. Thank you, Danny. You want to talk about Project Phi. Nobody ever asked me about Project Phi. (laughs) That's great. I, I listen to your show and I really enjoy it and I've Every time you talk about cell phones, I'm always wondering, is he ever going to talk about Project Phi? So I thought I'd reach out to you about it. So Project Phi is something that has never found a large market. It is a service of Google, and you have to buy certain phones that they allow you to buy. And Mm -hmm. so it is an excellent product for so many people, if they're willing to, to use an Android instead of an iPhone, because Correct. you pay only for what you use, and you pay on an irregular basis depending on each month's use. But if you find Correct. a month that you're using a ton of data, you're capped at, is it, correct me, is it 60 a month? I've never gotten to that level yet of six of six gigabytes which is ten dollars per gigabyte their cost structure if you get to that six gigabytes of usage as a single user then you don't pay any more they call it bill protection and then it's free for the rest of that period and then it's said that once you get to 15 gigabytes 
beyond that, it's still free, but then they throttle the speed just a little bit on the data usage anyway. So, so what they do, so, yeah. it, what they do is brilliant because it, it it is maybe the most reliable cell service offered in the United States, but also it's fantastic overseas, and you use it right. overseas as if you're at home in the United States. So the base is 20 a month for calls and texts unlimited. And then mm-hmm. you pay a base your first month of $10 for data. And the next mm-hmm. month, if you've used less than that in that first month, they'll then rebate a portion of it to you. If you use more, yep. they bill you more. But never yep. more than 60 bucks. And I've, and I've actually tested that, too. So I try to be you know, frugal as I can with it. So sometimes I've been under the one gigabyte and then they've actually credited me back. You know, there's a thousand megabytes per gigabyte. So you basically pay a penny per megabyte. Um, and they've actually credited that back to my account. So sometimes I've been under uh, the $30 a month. And which um, Android phone are you using? I have one that they, uh, I don't think they sell on their website anymore. You could probably buy it, you know, from eBay or something, but it's the Nexus 5. Uh, Nexus 5X, and it's an LG-based phone, and it's it's been great. Been really happy with it. It's a great camera, great uh, speed. It's, it runs apps really well, and and it's and they're still sending updates to it. So, and it was about two hundred and fifty dollars to get into that phone. So, and that's another thing is they you can buy the phone outright, or you can pay. You know, uh, I think it's a twelve-month payment period. You can go for the phone, but the the, the payment period doesn't even charge you interest. It's just, you know, whatever. It, it, it's it's almost like sort of like a contract in a sense if you do the payment plan. But um, and that's another thing is there's no contract on it if you buy the phone outright. And so. it's the website is fifi.google.com, if I remember right. Yes. And what makes yes. it so great is that you have this backbone of network that goes over multiple cell carriers when you need a cell carrier. Otherwise, it's on the backbone of a Wi-Fi network that Google has going. So all it does is save you money and gives you more reliable, available service than you have with others. So, Danny, thank you for reminding me I should talk about it. And now everybody knows about Project Fi. You're listening to The Clark Howard Show. I appreciate you spending part of your day with us here on The Clark Howard Show. I want you to know that if you need consumer advice, we're here to serve you off-air for free, nine hours a day. If you go to Clark.com and go down the home screen, you'll see a section, Consumer Help and Tools. Click on Consumer Action Center and you can get that free off-the-air advice.